Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Navy veteran, businessman, and investor. It's the Captain Flavor Talk Time Show. The Captain has entered the room. Thank you for listening to the Captain Flavor Talk Time Show. We are so excited because guess what? This is episode number one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Episode number one is going to be about how I got out of the ghetto. Make sure you subscribe and check us out on Facebook. I'm Anthony Rivera, your show host. The Captain Flavor Talk Time Show is going to be about business, life, news, and motivation and controversial topics. I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. I'm a retired policeman. I'm a Navy veteran. Businessman and investor. So the reason why I decided to launch this show is to help as many people as possible that are looking for guidance. When I first started, I didn't have anybody to ask and to guide me to the right direction. So I'm hoping that listeners will benefit from this and be able to better themselves, their lives, and even, who knows, own a business one day. So before we start, one thing that you have to absorb and think about as we go on with this episode is you want to think big, stay focused, believe in yourself, and be willing to execute. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, in the housing developments. And for those listeners that don't know what a housing development is, they're just tall buildings, and a lot of people live in these buildings. So some of these buildings were 16 stories. Some of these buildings were 25 stories. They were pretty tall, um, and just uh, a lot of people were kind of like stuffed in these buildings. So each floor in the building that I lived in had six apartments on each floor. And I grew up, it was during the 80s and 90s, and it was the wild, wild west. I mean, there were murders, there were robberies, there were rapes, there were beatdowns, there were gangbangers outside the building, there were drug dealers, there were drug addicts, like, you know, passing out on the on 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 the um, on the floor in the lobby it was pretty tough uh living environment you know having to be exposed to that every time i would leave my apartment and have to come back in so you know when i would work a job and come back late it was always the kind of place i always have to look behind my shoulder and just make sure that you know i wasn't going to be a victim it was just Something that um, that even to this day, I'm very aware about what's happening around me and it, and it all because of how I grew up. My first jobs was working in McDonald's. That's right. I worked at McDonald's. I'm sure a lot of people have worked at McDonald's. But um, I've learned a lot, you know, working at McDonald's. Because while I was working there, I got to know the owner. And, you know, would see him come in and he would uh, check over the schedules and you know, check over the employees and 
you know, he would uh, put new rules in place. And I really just admired this guy. Like, you know, he would just, he just looked like somebody that, you know, I would want to be, uh, but I just didn't know exactly how I'd be able to do it. So, you know, from watching him day after day, you know, I started to develop a drive to want to develop some type of business, but just didn't know how I was going to make that happen. Living in the situation that I was in, just uh, couldn't even figure out how I was going to get out of that environment, you know, just my, my living environment itself. But I just knew that that was something that I wanted to do and, you know, was... Uh, in a mission to kind of figure out how I was going to make that happen. So after that, I worked in several other jobs, small jobs, learned a lot and always paid attention to the, to the managers and, and the supervisors and was just uh, really just embracing whatever I can learn from them. So one thing that um, you really need to understand is is if you're around a successful person, it's extremely important to embrace what you can learn from them. Never hate them, never not want to listen because you know you you might think that they might be better off than you. But you know, living life is a learning experience. So it's uh, extremely important to absorb as much information as possible to help uh, you know benefit yourself. So eventually I started to look for a job that would have something to do with business. Even though I had no business experience, I was hoping that would land, you know, a business job. So I looked at the newspaper and I found a, an, uh, an article in the classified section that was uh, looking for a business uh, distributor. That sound pretty cool and important. So I went ahead and I applied and uh, and I went to the to the interview and when I got to the interview there was about six other people in a waiting area it was a very empty office just a desk and a chair and that was it (laughs) so it was almost like um like they could be there one day and then gone the next but you know I waited my turn and then eventually you know it it was my turn and I was interviewed and the person behind the desk said, "Oh yeah, you know, you you're you're what we're looking for." So, you know, you you're, you're going to start tomorrow. So I said, "Okay, wow. I actually landed a, a business job." So I went home, I was excited, and um and I started the, you know, the next day, so I reported back to the office, and there was no more desk. It was just an open space with a whole lot of cardboard boxes everywhere. I mean, it just looked like a like a like a holding facility of um of packages you know maybe what UPS would look like in the back of their warehouse so we're standing around and eventually this one guy walked over to me and said uh you you're going to be with me so i paired up with him and he said okay well grab this bag and now you're going to fill up your bag with all these little boxes I started putting all the uh, the small packages in there, and then the and then the uh, the guy said, "Well, you're gonna be with me all day. You're gonna follow me. You know, do everything I'm doing." So you know, we left the facility, and I had this uh, big bag uh, on my back, and we went to the uh, 
to the nearest subway station. So I walked down the subway station, my bag, and so finally the, the train came and we got on it. And we just started walking through cart after cart. Like we would, we would, we would go from one, one section of the train to the next station and he was selling things out of out of his bag, and and he said, "Well, you gotta you, you gotta sell these things. You gotta sell your stuff out of your bag, and that's how you get paid." So, I I just I was just like, "Wow, I mean, I, this is not exactly what I was looking for," but um, but he says, "You know, you gotta hustle, and you gotta sell as many of these as possible." So, you know, I started asking people on the train if they wanted to buy these little things that were in the box, which is like knickknacks. Um, some people said yes, some people said no. And I was doing that all day long for about twelve hours, and then I basically learned how to how to hustle. And I was just like, "Wow, I mean, this is not exactly what I was looking for, but you know, it's a learning experience." So the um, the the next day, uh, I reported to the office to the you know warehouse that used to be an office, and it was empty and there was nobody there, and that was it for that job. <laughs> So it was like uh, it was there one day and then gone the next. It was very weird. I never got paid for it. Um, just it was just a weird experience. But it just taught me like you know how to be on my own and and um, just be able to just get out there and and, and hustle to sell things uh, to make money. So after that, you know, I eventually you know got a job at uh, at a Radio Shack. And um, I was working at Radio Shack as a regular, as a regular clerk. And then um, eventually, you know, they they decided to uh, to train me as an assistant manager, and that was cool. You know, I started to learn some management, how to make a schedule, and uh, I just was uh, you know working my way up. But um, wasn't sure exactly if I wanted to do that for a long time, but it was uh, it was a stepping stone for me. Uh, so one day during lunch, I you know took a break and I left the the radio shack and I went taking a walk, and I saw a military recruiting place. So I walked in and there was a big marine guy and he said, "What are you doing? What are you What are you looking for?" And I said, "I just want some some information about like what what's the process like and." And uh, if 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 I were to sign up, would you be able to get me out of here? So in my mind, I just just wanted a way to just to get away from it all. Just didn't know how to do it and have enough money. Uh, my my family weren't weren't ready to move. So the recruiter, when he heard me say that, he was like, uh, and in in back of his mind, he was like, oh, this guy is a is a home run. He's he'll just sign anywhere and he'll be ready to go. So in my case, I was just wanted to hear the good news, and he 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 told me that he wouldn't. So that actually got me really excited. At the at the time, I wasn't prepared to go into college. I wasn't mentally prepared. I wasn't financially prepared. So the military was a way for me to one get out of the environment that I lived at, and two, be able to work towards my ultimate goal was to become a police officer. Then eventually get into business. I just didn't know exactly how I was going to do that. But I knew that uh, the police department is something that I I wanted to do. So I joined 
the military. They picked me up and they brought me over to the processing facility in Staten Island. Went through all the checkups with the doctors, the psychologists. Was put in a hotel and before I knew it, I was on an airplane on my way to Chicago. And it's for real now. I get off the bus and another guy behind me gets off the bus with me. But he decides to pull out a cigarette and smoke a cigarette. And the drill instructor just walks right over to him and says... Give me that cigarette. Smacks it out of his mouth and he just turned yellow. And I was pretty concerned about what I signed up for. But I dealt with it, went through it. You know, I was getting up 4 a.m., doing a lot of exercise and going to different classes and doing it over and over again. But eventually I I graduated from uh, the boot camp and ended up in, in Virginia where there, I was sent over to a aircraft carrier. So the aircraft carrier that I was on was the USS Enterprise, which has currently been decommissioned. But uh, at the time, it was called the Big E, and it was uh, a great giant ship, mini city. About three thousand people, you know, worked and lived on the ship. So once I was in the military. Um, you know, I was trying to figure out a way to still be able to work towards a goal of uh, of, of one day, you know, owning a business. But, you know, at the time, you know, I was immature. I, I wasn't a, a big saver. Um, I used the ATM machine often, uh, three, four times a day, paying those crazy fees. And I knew that, you know, I shouldn't be doing that, but it was just, I just thought that it was okay at the time. So... It's not okay. So I don't know. Every, everybody out there listening uh, should not do that and pay those crazy fees. But I, you know, I did when I was when I was eighteen years old. That's just what I did. So, you know, we ended up going out to sea and going to different countries. And there was one guy that was uh, was attached to the same unit that I was in, and he would just never get off the ship. No matter if you were in Italy or Greece or France, he wouldn't get off the ship and. I asked him one day, I said, hey, man, well, don't you want to get out and, and, and see the Leaning Tower of Pisa or go to Florence or just walk around town? He's like, no, I'm saving my money. <laughs> so he would just save his money and not get off the ship. And that really made me think about the amount of money that I was spending. I was just spending a lot of money on bars and trips Rental cars, taxis, it was just just a, a huge uh, expense every time I would uh, go on these these uh, cool ports that we would end up in. But that really made me think about how I was spending. And this one guy uh, that, that wouldn't spend any, you know, any money, he would just sit on, in the lounge area and just watch CNBC, see all the different stocks. Uh, all the commentators talking about Wall Street. And I, it just didn't make any sense to me, but I was very interested in what was going on. So I started to do more and more research on it, going to Barnes & Noble's, picking up books, and just learning more about Wall Street. And the the first stock that I decided to buy was a financial company. And I just bought it really without looking into the uh, financials or understanding anything about it. I just bought it. 
And to make a long story short, I ended up losing all my money there. But even still, I, I saw that there was an opportunity and I, I saw that this is a way to be able to get me to the next step to be able to one day own a business. So you got to think big, stay focused, believe in yourself, and be ready to execute. You can't be afraid to take a risk. So I I, I did lose my money in that particular stock, but it was uh it was an experience to see what the you know, to learn what the potentials would be in getting involved with stocks. But what I did learn right away is uh is your credit is extremely critical. So, for those listeners out there, you really need to be careful, you know, what you're buying and the debt that you're collecting. Because to be able to 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 actually get into a, a business, you, you need to have a great credit. So, you know, at 18, I didn't have very much credit, but I ended up buying a car from a dealership that was willing to sell me a car, but he ripped me off. <laughs> yep, he sure did. So he took advantage of the fact that I was uh, not experienced in buying a car. I just knew that I wanted a car because I was still very attached to my family and I still wanted to be able to drive back home and see them. So I was pretty much desperate. And the dealership guy that was uh, working with me knew that. So I ended up buying a a Ford Escort with 60,000 miles on it and ended up buying it for over $10,000. And that's pretty crazy for um for that you know that type of car, but I, the deal was that I would be I would be paying that car off throughout my enlistment time of four years. So I started you know paying for it from from the the moment that I bought it, and then I ended up paying for it all the way through my fourth year in the military, and ended up spending over eighteen thousand dollars on the car. So yeah, I did get ripped off, but it was the beginning of credit for me. I didn't have any credit. You know, my my uh my my father co-signed the credit card once for me. Then he thought that it, he didn't he didn't he didn't want to continue to do that, so he just stopped. So I was on my own, and this car is what is what helped me. So then I experienced a, a family death. And then learned that uh, my family member died with a lot of debt, a lot of debt. And it's just something that I told myself that I just, I wouldn't live like that. Luckily, I did meet my fiance, who's a beautiful woman, very smart. And her family, just very smart people. And I learned a lot about just saving money. And not wasting money on just fees and and not accumulating debt. It was it, it was it was the beginning to where I started to uh, mentally mold myself into being able to get into a business. But I was still very young, and it was still a, an uphill battle. So I ended up 
getting out of the military after doing the four years and ended up going into the police department, which which, which was uh, 2011. So I was in the police academy during 9-11. So while in that job, I ended up signing up for a 457 plan, which is kind of like an IRA or a 401k, that 401k that you get from an employer, but city employees didn't get a 401k, they had, they had a 457 plan. So with the experience from the stocks and Wall Street and CNBC and the the guy that, that I learned from in the military, I right away opened up the plan and I started to contribute as much money as I can in there. So any extra work that I, that I did in the police department that resulted in overtime, often the, the money would just go there and I would just put it away because I knew that in in the end the you know the money would compound into like something that would be you know usual usable and benefit benefit me in the long run so the the plan was very easy it was uh, it was you had to select what program you wanted whether you wanted to be aggressive or or moderate or conservative so it didn't really require a whole lot of stock knowledge it was just basic but there was there was other people that wouldn't sign up for it because they felt that it was a a waste of money they they would rather just keep the money in their pocket or in their bank account than do that and that's a big no-no it's important to contribute to these plans so any job that you're that you're doing for the listeners out there like like any job always look to find out what program they have well, if it's a 457 or 401k or 403b, you want to make sure that you, you're signing up for those programs and contribute as much money as you can in these programs. So if once you've uh, once you've started doing that, and in, in, in if you're able to max out on your contributions, that's even better. So if you're married and you have a a spouse that works another job and you kind of live off of that other person's income, you you want to put as much money as you can in there. And then once you've maxed out and you can't put any more money, then it's time to open up another program somewhere else, like out of your 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 employer. Like for example, a um, a IRA. So you know, for an IRA you wouldn't be able to withdraw any of the money until you're 65. But it's it's still a great program and it's still a great investment. So you want to open up one of those. So those, those require a little bit more thought about what program you want unless you're, 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 you're buying it through an administrator that's going to charge you a fee to deal with it. And it's called a load. So... You know, I'm going to have a, a separate podcast talking about how to choose those and and what's the the best route to take when selecting your what program. But basically, in a nutshell, you need to look for something that has the least amount of fees so that the majority of the investment, your returns that you get from your investment is actually going to come back to you and not to an administrator. So. 
luckily, you know, I was putting in a lot of money into this. And then eventually uh, my wife just didn't want to live in, in New York anymore. And, you know, we decided to move and we found a business where there was a person that was running it that was not happy and was looking to sell it. So we were, we were, we were very lucky and we was able to finance it. So a lot of the money that I used to finance it came from the program that I had in the police department. So it was a, a, a great benefit to, to to put as much money as possible in there. And so when when I when I left the police department, I took a lot of this money, you know, out of the program and then I put it in an IRA. I put it in an IRA that was um that, that that had very little load, which means fees, and it was a a discount broker where I, I managed it, and I was the one who decided what stocks to buy. So th- this was in two thousand eight. So this was during a time that you know the market crashed. It was banks going out of business. It was just a, a crazy time to get into a business because there was just so many people going out of business. But I, I still took a chance. And did that. Even still, you know, and, and the first year, I just um, I, I I thought that I made a terrible decision, and and I was ready basically to move back. But with support from my wife, you know, we kind of just just dealt with it and and muscled through that, and you know, ended up you know just just staying with the business. I was very fortunate to have found a seller to finance us and I didn't have to go to a financial institution and ask them for a loan and not having any business experience and just not having a strong income because, you know, of course I left my job. So this is like, this is, you know, I want, I want you guys all to understand that it's it's important to have a strong financial background. So if you're not financing a business from somebody, which is, uh, in my opinion, the best deal. That means that they're that they're gonna you, you're gonna pay them instead of a bank until you you know you own the business because it's kind of it's a way to get your foot in the door and then from there you know it, it'll be much easier to get a loan. But it's still very important to have a strong financial background. So these programs like the IRA, the four hundred three b, four fifty seven plans that you get from your employer counts towards your net worth. So your net worth on what how much how much you're worth and your um, and your credit is extremely important. Those two things are like critical to be able to do a business. So from early on you really need to protect your you need you need to protect your credit, grow your credit, get that high credit score. And you want to make sure that that you're um, that you're contributing into these programs because that, along with great credit, is going to lead to success, and you'll be able to move on from there. So my future episodes are going to discuss how to choose a business, how to choose a franchise business, um, like how to get started more in detail. So this first episode is really just to give you a kind of like a a background, how it all started for me. So kind of you can use that 
to benefit yourself and maybe uh, maybe there's some similarities about you know, your life and how and how you're 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 trying to get to your ultimate goal and i hope uh, you everyone out there learned a little bit about who i am as a person and you're going to you're going to be excited about my next episodes uh, it's going to be a lot of information it's going to be a benefit uh hopefully it'll benefit a lot of people so please find me on facebook and check out our website and check it out now What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.